If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Did you see on the forum uh, the picture they posted of me and you, Adam? Yes. <laughs> Stupid. Was it, was it, it was Ben Affleck? because they like, actually met. It was Ben Affleck and Henry yeah. uh, Cavill. Who uh, is actually handsomer than Ben Affleck, and they, they made me Henry Cavill. I don't know. It's pretty close. That's a, that's, yeah. yeah, that was a handsome yeah. off. That would be pretty close. It's kind of hilarious. You th- whoa, you think that Ben Affleck can match Henry Cav- Cavill? Is it Cavill? Cavill? There's Cavill? No, there's no way. No, I don't think he can. No. In that picture, though, I think they look close. Mm, yeah, because because uh, I think he it was makes an older. what's his face makes up for his physique. He's got a better physique. Superman has a much better physique. Yeah, you guys are silly. Why? Yeah. I should have picked like the ultimate handsome guy. Damn it! Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. But uh, then, then who was I said? Oh, we'd make beautiful babies, and someone's like, who would be who would be the one to get pregnant? <laughs> Adam. <Eat>. Well, <laughs> he's got childbearing hips. Yeah. 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 I, don't know, I don't know, dude. He's got he's got that great, he's got that he's got that fat ass. I, I got an extra thirty pounds on you. Yeah. I don't know if you got the say in that. Bro, oh, shit. <laughs> I really just push it out. I'm the one that did jujitsu for six years, bro. <laughs> I'll take I'll take her back. <laughs> I'll sink my hooks in. These oh, visuals disgusting yeah. right now. This Why? Is, Why do we even do that? I was hungry. Why do we even go <laughs> Not there anymore? Not anymore. Uh, hey, bottles of wine, dude. What's up? Right. Where did you? What, who's shipping wine to yeah, us? Yeah, what's the guy's name? Uh, it's nine nine string. string. Yeah. What's his uh, What's his Instagram? We gotta stream, give a shout out. Nine stream guitarist. Yeah, can you find that? He, yeah, find dude it. hooked us up with a couple of bottles of wine. I haven't tasted them yet, but they look beautiful. He just did it because he likes the show. I mean, just a it's great guy. nine string man. Yeah. So. By the way, uh, how G- does his hand not light fire when he's playing that guitar? Gian- Gianelli right? Vineyard. Have you watched any of his videos? Gianelli. Yeah, G- Gianelli. Uh, Gianelli. Yeah. Gianelli. Dude, have you got it? The guy just flies on the guitar. It's flies, crazy. bro. Yeah. Oh shit, Tuolumne County. This is. Uh, I'm. I'm from Tuolumne County up there. I wonder where he's at. Why, why are you putting the wine next to you? Okay, you see how he just home. fucking yeah, shark that? He just like, like absorbed that. Please. Like, um, you know what? Didn't what did it say on the box, Doug? Whose name was on the box? Mike. Sal. Sal. It was me. I'm getting drunk. My name. Do you guys ever say something super Gianelli. inappropriate in the gym to yourself, but it's a little too loud? <clears throat> I don't really talk to myself that often. Oh. This happened to me the uh the other day. Um someone came in and the they were like, Oh, the sprinklers got me all wet. And I was like, kind of under my breath, but too many people heard. It's like, wow, the weirdest things that you turned on. <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> just, just, just one of those you gotta moods. say it louder, man. Huh? Yeah. It's just, just, go, just super inappropriate. Were you, what yeah. were you doing? You were in the gym with your headphones on or why? No, I was just training clients. Because I've done that before. With- <laughs> <laughs> super unprofessional. <laughs> I was training clients, dude. <laughs> it's stupid. Oh, did, you guys, uh, did you guys train today? Yes. Not yet. Yeah, you did? Yeah, I did. Yeah, wow. This. What'd you hit? deads and uh overhead press you're starting to deadlift hardcore now huh? i am secretly <laughs> sorry yeah because you guys <laughs> sorry. let me build up uh, yeah in I'm peace going, i'm going the other way i've laid off of them for two weeks so i'm not going to deadlift for a while now is it because you uh you, you you missed that lift so you figure now you've got to back off when uh i'd been overdoing it and especially overdoing it heavy so I'm gonna I'm gonna back off completely. I still. But have, what are your signs though for the listeners? Because I'm sure people think like, well, how do you know? Yeah. So one of the things, uh, you know, before we all got together, I was never a guy who ever lifted in that singles, doubles, or triples. I never trained that way. And uh, man, when 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 I first went through Maps Red, you know, I had the same experience that a lot of these these guys that are that are just now getting into our program and stuff had too was. And that's why I feel so passionate about it, man. When I first went through that, holy shit, as much as I know, as much as I've been doing for this, you know, I couldn't believe how much uh, my body had changed for that. So, you know, I, I too get addicted to that and was, you know, spending a lot of time in phase one or, you know, in the mentality of doing singles and doubles and triples you a lot. phase out of it? Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I kind of would, but I would phase right back in. So yeah. I would, I would do it into just enough, you know, so I'm still getting the benefits of adaptation and some of that, but then. What would happen to me is, you know, I, I'm doing so much. I, I went from the guy who did everything in the gym to the guy now who is doing like all barbell movements, like everything was a barbell movement. And there's a lot of benefit to that. And then there's there's certain things that you got to be careful of when you do that, because you're still holding on to a straight bar and our joints don't necessarily move that way. And it's not the most optimal 
uh, position all the time for everything that we do. Right. This is why I like kettlebells. You know, yeah, it's just, just a nice change of pace. Well, it's, it's your found, to... it, it's your foundation, but it shouldn't be your everything. Right. And the, and I'm right now as an example of somebody who was making it their everything, to where I wasn't doing anything else really but all these big compound movements. And uh, training a, a lot more uh, similar to a, a power lifter type of program. And what I noticed was, you know, because I was chasing PRs a lot. Well, I'm really good about switching my hand grip. So I start always on deadlifts with overhand until I can't, can't no longer grip overhand, which is normally about 135. <laughs> uh, I can go overhand all uh, up till 315. And then after I, I increase, so once I go above 350, I start, you know, a power grip or over over underhand grip, whatever you want to call that. Um, and once I get up that high, especially when I'm going for singles, doubles, or triples, I'm always using my dominant grip. Of course. And it is now created an imbalance on my right side. And my stubborn ass, I felt it. I knew when it was coming, and I still neglected it and kept doing it because I was still chasing PRs. And you know, this kind of this kind of goes back into the topic that we had recently with um, you know Nate Strickler on the forum, and why I thought it was such a good post that he did. Um, and it was good for all of us to kind of think about this because even myself, you know, I'm somebody who, you know, knows better and I still get myself chasing after a, a number or wanting to see myself increase in strength. And, you know, because of that, and I was seeing that I was seeing the gain. So, you know, of course I was saying like, oh, I'll worry about that later. I'll worry about it later. And it's caused a major problem for me. It's caused such a problem that the imbalance on my back, you know, rolls over into my shoulder and then now has caused this radiating, you know, pain down into my elbows. And, you know, I've done some. So does that start to flare up? Is that when you decide, okay, I need to back off? Yeah. So I've completely. So now like every day before I come in and a lot, a lot of it, it is my right. It's just the position of my shoulder right now. Right. So, um, you know, I've got, it's, it's part of my, my traps and rhomboids are not firing properly or not getting me in a completely retracted position and depressing my shoulder. So now what I'll do is when I first start a workout, every, doesn't matter what, what I'm doing that day, I always start off with light seated rows right now. So I'll do light seated rows and I row in and retract and depress the shoulders, hold for two or three seconds to come out. And I do like 15, 20 reps. I do a good three to four sets. That's how I start every workout now. And then everything, a lot of the stuff I'm doing now is a lot of um, unilateral movements. Um, so I can, and a lot of, and a lot of emphasis on form. So, and I'm in high reps, 12, 15 reps. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and this is to me, this is where like, uh, I guess this is a good topic. I didn't even think about that. We haven't discussed it. I'm glad you made me bring this up because I think it is something that a lot of listeners, uh, should hear and don't really think about because we create these programs. And one of the things that we were really hesitant about when we, we put a program out there was, you know, we're so anti cookie cutter anything. And, and, you know, it's, it's really learning about individualizing things for you and learning to read your body. And this is an example of how I'm not following maps to a T, you know, like, even though this is our program, it's our foundation, you know, I now have a new issue going on with my body that now takes a priority. So even though yesterday was a foundational day and these are the exercises I would normally be following, I don't follow that protocol whatsoever. Now the priority is getting these muscles to fire correctly and get myself back into proper alignment and fix myself. So um, that's where now a lot of the you know unilateral movements now are getting incorporated. That's why I now do the seated row for, and that's why I've completely eliminated deadlifts uh, completely out of my workouts right now. And I'm just replacing them. And it's like, you know, for me, it's only been two weeks and I know, uh, once I start feeling really good, I'll reintroduce them and I'll start with a lighter weight and really focus on the retraction of my shoulders before I pull up. And yeah, like one, one thing for me, I notice is if I'm training too heavy for too long, as I notice my joints start to get sore, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. not, not like I hurt my joints, but they just start to feel stiff and sore and I have to warm up longer before my workouts. And yeah. that's when I know, like it's time to back out, even if I'm only in a, a you know a strength phase for a short period of time. And as far as the deadlift is concerned, one thing you should practice that I've been doing is I go double overhand grip till I get to 405. Then I go hook grip uh, until I get to about 500, and then I go alternate. And I'm trying to get to the point where I can do hook grip uh, up until hmm. uh, my max, which it takes practice. Uh, but I've seen Lane Norton do it all the time. And I'm like, oh, is that second. something you've done, you know, previously, like, or is this something new that you've, I just started incorporating yeah. hook grip. Uh, maybe so I still don't know how to do that. Maybe probably. months ago. I mean, hook grip, literally you just wrap your, it your, hurts to me, man. You wrap your index finger around your thumb, squeeze the bar, um, and lift. And here's the thing. I can do it now and it doesn't really hurt, but I'm still not as strong as I am when I do alternate grip. So I'm trying to get get it to the point where I'm as strong as I am alternate grip. So I would prefer to use a hook grip all the time because then I don't have to worry about alternating. Yeah. And here's the thing: like 
my 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 strongest uh, alternate grip is my right hand supinated, left hand pronated. Yeah. If I switch it, I'm pretty strong. But then you know where I start to feel the strain, my left bicep, mm. because my left arm is not used to holding on yeah. to that much yeah, weight in a supinated. Yeah. yeah, and that's what's that's what's caused this whole. It, it goes all the way from my bicep. All it's it's now affected. I can't do curls. I haven't done bicep curls. Like if I do, it's like total. I was just gonna ask you, like, why are your arm so small? Oh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> It's total like rehab. For me right I'm being, sar- at you, I'm you being sarcastic because yeah. if you see his arms, you're like you're not yeah. doing curls, go fuck yourself. No, I haven't done any. I haven't done any arms really. I mean, I've done a little bit of tricep work and then the bicep stuff. I'm doing like Zotman curls and I'm doing things that yeah. are more therapeutic to what. I'm, and I'm like super lightweight, yeah. super lightweight, and it's and it's fucking rough, man. It hurts because I'm I'm super tight and it's and I know it all. St- it's all from the death. Because that's I, I you know when I worked backwards right when i first and it first showed up uh in my my elbow right i started noticing the pain the pain in my elbow and then my, how hard it was for me to flex when i went to flex my bicep i just had this sharp pain uh and and it really hurt with to internally rotate my wrist so i was like okay mm. and this where a lot of people they'll you know they'll come they'll, they'll keep doing the same thing and, and try and work their way through it you yeah know? which i think the the message there from like as far as like paying attention to those signals in the body telling you that like, okay, you've been doing this for a while. Like you're going to, you're going to feel some sort of revolt. Like there for me too, I can, I can totally tell, you know, certain parts of my body now almost like knot up and get really tense and, and achy. And, uh, you know, I, I pay attention to that now. Like I, I'm foam rolling this a lot or I'm doing an excessive amount of, you know, dynamic warm up for this, whereas I should be. And then you can also notice like what other uh, parts of your body feel like you haven't really you know, give, give them proper attention in a while too. Mm-hmm. So you just got to naturally sort of shift into that. But that's all intuitive. Yeah. And that's the part that I think, I mean, this is why I, I love the forum is, you know, we, we highly encourage everybody that, you know, that's going through the program that, you know, you have a place like that where, you know, you have other people going through the problem. You have other people that have, you know, may have been uh, experiencing the same thing that you're going through, whether it be aches or pains or, you know, you're noticing little things that are, are happening with your body because it's, it's, it's inevitable. Everybody's going to have their thing. The thing is that everyone's different and that's what is so hard about creating an, an online program is, is being able to provide people what they truly need. Yeah. The, not only giving you, providing you the best program. I feel like we put all this, you know, we've put a lot of work into, you know, program designing this, that it's as far as results and showing you more results, than anything out there. And it's designed to, you know, progressively overload. It's to, it's phased out correctly. Which, when which, we try to choose like the most optimal way to do it. So you have one directional uh, pathway to get there that we feel collectively is probably the most optimal way to do it however you know there's lots of flexibility and room you know to accommodate you know various variables yeah. out there right yeah. so that we, we have to do that well and, what do we always say you know if first time through one of our programs follow it the way we have it laid out and then uh-huh. afterwards start to modify i want to give a shout out to one of our forum members he is an example of what happens when you combine good genes and good exercise programming. I'm talking about uh, Timoney. Timoney. Yeah. His squat went his up. His back looks ridiculous Well, right bro, his squat went up in three weeks. So he did first time maps red. Very experienced. He does, you know, he did body part splits before. Um, but he's not new to the game at all. This guy's right. been working out for a long time. Very, very muscular guy. Uh, his squat went up 65 pounds. And, I'm, and for those people listening right now who are like, you're full of shit, Sal. Nope. It's true. His, he posted videos. Yeah. His squat went up 65 pounds. Of to it. Yeah. But he's got ridiculous. I mean, he has a lot of muscle, great genes, and it's just new programming for him. So it's just like the perfect storm. Yeah. Right. Pretty crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. Shh. Oh, my God. It's here. It's fast. Wow. Oh, it's the motherfucking quad. <laughs> oh, that eagle has landed. Quee quad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get my old thing. I can't. Yeah, yeah. We had the magic. You got your thing. We, we you got banned yours. that a while ago, dude. Yeah, like, but come I'm on. Trying. I came up with a new one after since then. Oh man. Yeah. All right. We're gonna Moving help you forward, out. everyone. Redhead Ken, is it necessary to take a week off of training every once in a while? Uh, so, so the way he asks the asks the question, the way he asks is the way he asks the question. Is it necessary? Nope. Is it a good idea? Sometimes, maybe. Depends on the individual. Right. Rather than taking a week off, I typically recommend t- training doing very something different, doing something different, or training very easy or light, yeah. or lowering the intensity, or 
like like Justin said, you're trying some some different movements. Um, that would be a great idea. Um, taking a full week off, if you're uh, a competitor, for example, and you really push your body to the limit and you just finished a competition, then it would probably be a good idea to take a week off. If you're an athlete and you just finished the season and you barely you know, made it out without any injuries and you just busted your ass, it might be a good idea right. to take a week off. Um, in I mean, those, what, what, but what, even then, you could really dive deload. into mobility, or yeah, yeah. exactly. I've so. I've had a handful of clients in my lifetime that I've actually told that you need to take a day off. That you need to take a week off the gym. Like you need. To it's just, pretty rare. Yeah, it's and it's and it's normally those that were like that are highly addicted to the exercise. Someone who I I know is like that's a good point. They're taking psychological. Morning, yes, yeah. exactly. So if I got somebody who I find is is addicted to the workouts and. Um, it, which I know some people are probably thinking that's fucking crazy, but there are there's people like that. It's a small percentage. Adam makes a great point because it's there's two reasons for that, and I, I and correct me if I'm wrong. Reason one is to get their body to, to like recover a little bit. Reason two is to break that psychological addiction. Yeah, like take a week off and let's get you to you know let's get you there first before we mm-hmm. because you're dealing with when you're dealing with someone who's addicted to exercise, uh, it's no different than any, any other addiction, and if you don't deal with that root. Addiction, um, you're in for an uphill battle, yeah. and that's a great way to break that addiction is to tell them, you know. It reminds me of uh, uh, God. I can't believe I didn't bring this up earlier. We were just talking about this yesterday, you know, with when it comes to food addiction and some of the ways that we talk to people, especially when you deal with someone who's really addicted to food, how you deal with them, you know, breaking that addiction, and the way that the you know medical community tries to treat it has nothing to do with the addiction. It just has everything to do with the symptom. Yeah. And I'm talking about that procedure that the FDA just approved that oh, I sent you guys. That's right. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy to me. It's 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 not just crazy, it's disgusting. Yeah. And I don't mean it's disgusting because I look at it and it's gross. It's disgusting that uh, we would actually approve, yeah, approve, that. approve and then have doctors recommend this procedure. The name of it, what was the name of it? It was called, uh, let me see. When do you guys find that for yeah. me? Because I want to make sure I give it the right. You know, well, you sent it, it you right. sent it over to our group text, so it's in the go to your just go to your details on the group text. Yeah. So basically, I call it surgical bulimia, but what they do is they insert a a a. I thought it was a joke at first. No, it's not. I, I thought it, I thought there's no way that. Yeah, they would approve of that. No, they insert a, a basically a tube into this person's stomach. The person eats dinner and then goes in the bathroom afterwards and empties the contents. Of their stomach out into the toilet, so it's it's no different than bulimia. You're totally not dealing with the addiction whatsoever. Oh no! And so it's ex- uh, it's exactly what it is. You just instead of you're you're forcing yourself to throw up, you just get to suck it out. You know what this yeah. is going to do? This will only encourage uh, more binge eating. It's going to oh, encourage worse yep. and worse habits. Of course, it's a horrible idea. And of course, the FDA would approve it. More yeah. food you're buying, more consumption and yeah. shit. More you yeah. just more shit we're tied into. It's it's <laughs> come on. It's disgusting. It's all to working me. together. Oh, yeah, to me, it's, when, it's, when you're dealing with an addiction, whether it be exercise or food, you, you do have to deal with the addiction. So I think someone's coming to you as a trainer and you're a trainer and they're just addicted to exercise and it's not good for them. Uh-huh. That is great advice. Uh, like what Adam says, make them take a week off, like break that for a second. What's it called? What does that say? Aspire. Aspire. Um, let's the procedure is called asp- Aspire Assist. Aspire Assist. I'm not making it up. FDA approved. Yeah. Surgical bulimia. Disgusting. Uh, yeah. Crazy. Horrible. Next question, please. Doug. <laughs> he's like, I was just <laughs> Doug was relaxing. Just, yeah, I was just taking, <laughs> taking a nap. Andy Clark, PT. Can you bulk and build muscle while intermittent fasting? Absolutely. You definitely can. I find uh, it super beneficial. You can. And remember, fasting is really just a period of time without, right. without food. So you could not eat. You could have your first meal of the day be at 2 p.m., and then you can eat three or four really large meals before you go to bed. Right? Yeah, you can still achieve a surplus, you know, it's just based off of the timing of it. So if you're like, you know, stretching your day out for a long period of time, then you had like a smaller window of, of eating opportunity, you know, you could still maintain like a surplus, obviously, to, you know, to gain. But uh, most people, I think, think of intermittent fasting as like just for, you know, cutting down and leaning out and all that kind of stuff, which it, it works awesome for that, which is what I tend to use it for more. But, uh, I, I use it a lot in bulking. Yeah. I've, I fucking love it. I think, um, you know, here, and here's the thing you have to get out of it. And, and you know, Sal's touched on this a few times is this like, uh, 
you know, you fast for one day, like that doesn't like dictate like you building or not building a muscle over the, over a period of a week or two months or whatever like that, like our bodies don't, don't work on this 24 hour clock. So, you know, if you had, you know, 5,000 calories on Monday and on Thursday you have 6,500 again, like you having a 2,000 calorie on Tuesday ain't going to make you lose fucking five pounds. It ain't going to yeah. do anything. If anything, it'll help clean some, you know, help, you know, drop down some. Process of, everything yeah, better. And everything. Yeah. So I like, that's exactly how I'll handle it. Like I'll be on like, the, like I'm on a gain, right? I'm on a surplus. And, you know, I'm always, it, it, we're, it's never precise, right? So there's never like this perfect, like, five i eat exactly 500 calories above my maintenance every single day while i'm on a boat like you know it's even when you're tracking it's still approximate because of your your movement and your exercise and you know your stress and there's so many of these factors come in so i'm always looking at my body and feeling my body and if i've been going for like five six days and i'm living in this surplus and i feel like you know what? I don't feel like all of that surplus is going just to building muscle. It feels like I might be holding a little bit extra that I need. And then that's a perfect time to throw an inter- intermittent fast. I'll throw an intermittent fast and then I'll go right back into my, my surplus again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I, I also noticed, and this is completely anecdotal, uh, anecdotal. I don't have any science to back this up, but man, after I like I'm in a bulk and then I go back into a fast and I go right back in the bulk again. Um, I feel like it totally uh, makes my body super sensitive to the food and everything wow. when, when I consume. It's amazing you said that because yeah. we're splitting hairs here, but science is now showing that uh, fasting improves insulin sensitivity. So you'll you'll use your insulin in a more anabolic way when you do eat. And it, there is something called protein sensitivity, which is being shown and demonstrated in certain studies in which constant feeding of protein throughout the day actually reduces desensitizes it you. desensitizes your body to protein to where it's going to use more of it for energy and less of it for mm-hmm. building a repair when you fast let's say i eat 200 grams of protein but i i do a fast that day and then i eat 200 grams of protein from 2 p.m on versus 200 grams of protein you know an eight meal starting at 8, 8 a.m all the way through the 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 fasted uh, side will have better utilization of the protein for muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be splitting hairs, but um, you know, it's funny you said that, Adam, because you didn't even know that, right? And you did that. And no, you I don't. It. Well, to me, it just, it kind of makes like, for, for what I do understand, it just kind of makes logical sense to me, right? If I, if we looked at our, our, our you know, our, our body converts f- uh, food over into, you know, glucose, right? So we, we convert over our, our carbohydrates over into glucose. You fill up your gas tank, right? So, and if you fill your gas tank up, and you're always kind of like you let the gas tank go half full and you fill it up again half full and you're never really letting it go completely uh, empty. I feel like it, it's the body almost gets oversaturated with whatever it is that you're consuming. So to take it all the way, take it completely away and then you feed it, it's like right away everything that you get, it's, it's going to go to the places it really needs. Right. So I feel like that just makes logical sense to me that if I deprive it a little bit you know, for a short period of time, like a, a small fasting window, 17 hours or so. And then I, I decided to f- a fuel it again. A good majority of those calories, I feel are going to get partitioned to the places I want it to go. Right. Does that well, make sense versus me, me over consuming and wondering, well, did that all go to building muscle or did some of that possibly go to well, adding fat to my well, body? Look at protein. Look at the uses of protein in the body. Among them are energy. Um, and believe it or not, those of you who are eating a shit ton of protein, most of it's getting turned into energy. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, tissue repair. Amino acids are found only in proteins. Well, if I'm constantly feeding my body uh, protein throughout the day, um, it's going to use a lot of it for energy. If I feed it a little bit less frequently, what they're finding is I'm using more of it uh, for that that repair because maybe you're sending your body the signal that, hey, uh, I'm not getting protein super regularly all the time. Right. And really, now I got it. I yeah. need it. I got to right. use all of it. And, and protein is really the only thing that can do some of the tissue repair. Right. But a lot of your other macros can provide energy as well. So does that, does that kind of make sense? So it, your body will use that protein for what it needs it for. And uh, fasting has been shown to increase protein synthes- uh, sensitivity, which is why super frequent eating may just make you utilize protein at a less efficient rate way um so you might even get away with less protein which is good by the way those of you listening like i don't want no that's a good thing you would it would be great if you could get away with eating less protein and build as much muscle because it's less strain on the body uh uh, you know too high a protein intake can stimulate things that can cause you know detrimental health effects so if you could get away with less of it and get the same results then that's great saves money uh, you know, you could get the other macronutrients in for your calories, like your fats and carbs, which have other things that are important for you. So yeah, fasting and bulking go great together. And the, the way I, the way I do it when I bulk is I just fast until about 1 PM and then I have, you know, my, my excess calories uh, mm-hmm. throughout the day. 
Fit Chris 86. Why do so many athletes blow out their hamstrings? That seems to be a common injury. It's a pretty common injury, yeah. isn't it? For I'm sure. sure. Baseball player running to first base, yeah. blowing it out, or Just a wide decelerating, receiver. Decelerating, stopping all your momentum going forward, you know, lots of stuff. Like, well, isn't it too that? I mean, when, let me ask you this. I'm, I, I assume, and I've seen, I don't know if I've seen any science on this, but I assume that the blowout in the hamstring comes from the hamstring lengthening at a rapid at pace a rapid rather pace. than contracting at a rapid pace. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So not when the person's I do. That makes more sense. necessarily kicking yeah. back, but when they're reaching forward and they're changing, they're they're changing, well, well, they're changing directions. Does what, that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. like kick, boom, and then try to change directions? Well, most studies that I've seen, it, it, it's more of this. It's that most people, and especially athletes, have got over-dominant over quads. Right. And they, they say it should be at least a, an 80-40 ratio, I think. Is, is that the, what they're saying? I think, I can't remember. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since I've read that or not, but I know it's like... 60-40? Maybe it's 60-40. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, that's probably... No, 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 like, uh, as far as, like, uh, the percentage of, like, your max load that you can do on each, they okay. should be that closely related. Okay. I can't remember what the percentage were, but in but most cases, you, they're so quad-dominant, and your quads are yeah. so powerful that they're they're powering you through the run so quick that the, the hamstring can't keep well, up. Well, I think that they actually overdeveloped their quads in the gym because like most of the uh training regiments like all these sporting sports teams do, like everything is so focused on the interior chain mm-hmm. as opposed to the posterior chain. So, I mean, squats is basically like the only thing that I really could could say that legitimately I was working my right and most most like uh, football players that don't even do we deadlifts. Don't even need, no deadlifts you know we're not doing pull-ups you know we're not doing any kind of pulling move like uh, there was no balance there well because when I'm thinking problem when I'm thinking of a blown hamstring I'm thinking of running okay because mm-hmm. I figure running is probably where you're going to blow your hamstring the most right right when I'm thinking of running I'm thinking of uh you know full extent like you're you're, you're moving forward extending the knee right yeah. you're hitting the ground and then you're going hip extension so it's this change of directions yeah and i'm i'm requiring a lot of power to change directions from extension to uh, excuse me from flexion to or extension to flexion of the knee and if my if my hamstring a lacks the functional flexibility to contract with full force at at this wide ex- yeah. at this wide you know where, where it's where it's stretched out. Well, what you're saying it's tear. makes sense because like most injuries I've seen you know with the hamstring is off of the start off right. Yeah. So if I'm sprinting or if I'm like in a position where where they boom. ready set go you know I'm into full extension and and it's rapidly getting that like full length where like the, it's not ready for that type of a force right. I think your best bet uh, to prevent hamstring uh, pulls or blowouts or you know strain, a uh, make them stronger, but b make them functionally more flexible. And what I mean by that is you don't want to just stretch your hamstrings because that gives them more range of motion, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give them more strength within that range of motion. So if I have these really hyper flexible hamstrings and I'm running and moving in that that new range of motion, but I don't have strength within that range of motion, Mm -hmm. then I've only created more instability and potential injury. So what you want to do is you want to be able to make them strong within a new range of motion. A great exercise for that Mm. would be just a good old-fashioned, you know, Romanian deadlift where you really are challenging, you're you're staying within, you know, your spine, you're keeping your spine Mm -hmm. in the same position and you're, you're hip hinging and you're really trying to increase the length of your hamstrings, but you have load. So you're making them really strong at full, uh, you know, full extension. Then when you go run, they're strong within that. Oh, and, within then, that and then you work up to doing those explosively. So you start sure. off like doing that. That's going to strengthen them, and then you start doing it explosive because I would think you would want to mirror that. I think that's what a big part of it is that you you got these quads that take off and explode, and it's just the the hamstring just cannot keep up. It's not it's not as responsive. As the the quadricep is because you've mm-hmm. done all this jump boxes and explosive movements and sprints and everything like that, they're everyone's pushing off with their quads that their hamstrings aren't developed. Doing some speed pulls would be phenomenal. Which part of the? I have no idea what the answer is, to this, but which part of the hamstring is more likely to tear? Is it the the leg bicep or is it the more the hip extending uh, hmm. part of the hamstring? I don't that I don't know. Yeah. I don't think the leg bicep would be as prone to tear. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm completely yeah, speculating more, here. Yeah, hip. I would think it would be more the hip extension, and I'm wondering if having really strong glutes, really strong quads, and weak hamstrings would also contribute to hamstring blowouts because mm-hmm. your glutes can be really powerful. Overpowerful. And, and yeah. super powerful. Hamstrings are trying to stabilize the knee. Yeah. And, you know, you take off and then boom, you, you know, you, you pull a hamstring. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's that dominance from any one of the other adjacent muscles, I think. If it's overpowering 
uh, you know, the force, like, I'm sure that's, 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 that's an issue. That's why you have to have some sort of balance there, you know, in, in each of their responsibilities. It's funny because when you're, if you're trying to mix, uh, excuse me, do it like a max load lift, your body will, has pretty good safeguards and will limit you based upon some of your weakest links. Um, but when you're doing explosive movements, um, sometimes you can overload those safeguards because you move so quickly that that weak muscle has to try to support um, those strong muscles, and then you get pulls. This is why if you take you could take bodybuilders or powerlifters who have really strong shoulders and bench press and deadlift and rows, and then have them throw a baseball or swing a punch oh, real yeah. fast, yeah. and a totally lot of them hurt different. their sh- a lot of them hurt their shoulder yeah. because oh, yeah. the muscles that stabilize that the humerus yeah. um, can't support the powerful muscles that they use to bench press and row and do all that stuff. So. This is all about imbalances. And I tell well, you what, this is also why performance is so important is that, you know, when you, when, it's a perfect example of what, even to someone like me, like I trained in this bodybuilder mentality for- You're talking you about know, MAPS performance? Yeah, yeah. You know, for two years, I was, you know, so aesthetic driven that I totally neglected movements like that. Then you, then I go out and I want to do something so basic, like throw a Frisbee or a baseball or shoot a basketball and- you know, not only is my form awful, but it doesn't feel right. And, you know, if you try and do that, and if you actually try and do that competi- competitively, yeah. that's where injury is like screaming. I mean, you just have no support in that movement yeah. because, you know, you haven't been doing it. A, so, you know, the recruitment pattern isn't there. And then, you know, B, yeah, you're you're dominant, like so dominant in other parts of that movement to where it's not working together. And so, you know, it's it's really connecting everything in the kinetic chain. Like that's what performance is just trying to uh, get your body to communicate like in its entirety way better. Yeah. It, it'll, and it's, it, it will benefit you when you go back to training. That's why it, it amplifies the signals. That's why I wanted to bring about. that up. Cause I feel like people don't, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people stray away from that program because they think that, you know, Oh, I, I'm more about aesthetics or I want to look a certain way or whatever like that. And I'm like, you got to understand that they work hand in hand. You know, one yeah. one doesn't go without the other. They're both super important. You may spend more of your time hanging out with Maps Black, but Maps Green needs to be a, a priority somewhere into your routine at one point. Otherwise, you're looking for for injuries or you're looking for issues long term. Well, I'll never forget, man. I had my mind blown. You know, I, you guys know I used to train uh, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and so I'd grapple with. And then on the weekends, they'd have open mat, and we'd go there and we'd do no gi. And sometimes guys would come in that weren't necessarily jujitsu guys. They were wrestlers, but they're trying to learn jujitsu or whatever. And there was this guy that came in, and he was, you know, at the time I was probably 29, and I'm strong. I'm a strong 29-year-old. And this guy was like 45-year-old man. Uh, he was, I probably outweighed him by about 15 pounds. So I wasn't way bigger than him, but I was definitely bigger than him. And when we would grapple, you know, he was very technical. Uh, so was I. However, he just felt so fucking strong. Like, I couldn't believe how strong... He physically felt. And I was much more muscular than him. We ended up working out together at the gym. And I was surprised at how strong, how much stronger I was in the gym. Like, I could lift way more than him in the gym. But yet, when we would grapple, we were... I mean, he felt like as strong as I was in terms of... I couldn't overpower him in no way. Um, and it wasn't his technique because we were both very technical. And I, I realized it was because he could use his strength so well. And see, that's what... A program like Math Performance does is, you know, for those of you who just want to be strong, I'll just do red or just want to be aesthetic, I'll just map aesthetic. Uh, using your strength very well mm-hmm. um, contributes to all that shit, right. you know, because then you take that, you know, you take a guy like that and you go train him in the gym then like a bodybuilder and he's going to look fucking amazing yeah. and he can use it well, you know. Yeah. I remember Specialize just, that strength. Exactly. Diary of a Fit Guy. When starting a business, should you over-prepare before starting or just jump in? <laughs> you're, asking, you're asking us? Uh, I am, uh, I don't know. Calculated. I already know the well, answer of everybody. I just want to hear everybody say it. Doug, let me ask you this. One, two, three, jump! Doug, let me ask you this, because when we first started working together, mm-hmm. uh, we used to call me what, like hip slinger? Hey, or, hip shooter. Hip, hip shooter, shooter yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's... I, you know, and the more I run into a lot of, and I know a lot of um, entrepreneurs, Air Humper. and uh, some of them are big planners, and some of them are just like, I'm a fucking jump in kind of guy. I, I just, first of all, I'm disorganized as shit anyway. If I sat down and tried to prepare, it'll never happen. I'm better off just, just fucking, you know, let's go jump off the cliff and make the parachute on the way down type of thing. Um, and I tend to operate best that way. I don't know if it's the smartest way to go. 
Um, for me, it works well. Luckily, I partner with I partnered with Doug, who is a preparer. He understands how to prepare, um, and so I, I think they both have their uh, their benefit. But yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, what would I recommend? Shit, if I were to recommend the average person, I would say prepare because I don't. Uh, you either the kind of person that can jump in and do it, or you're not. I don't. I don't know how you would teach someone to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Yeah, we're. <laughs> We're probably not the best to give the advice on this just because that you know, we're all going to say that. <laughs> or are we? Well, you know, uh, you're right. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we always say that, but like, you know, I think I feel like you need that. Yeah, you're right. And here's so here's my perspective. Um, you know, 10, 10 years uh, when I worked for uh, 24 Hour Fitness, eight of those 10 years uh, I spent, you know, managing trainers. And basically your, your main job as a trainer is to help them is business development. Is teaching them how to how to create their own business, even though they're working for a company. I'm teaching these guys how to how to build a business. So, um, and most certainly, I had all personalities um, as far as these types of people. And you know, there's the two things, two extremes, right? You have the person who just dives in, like no planning whatsoever, and they go after it. Then you have the person who is, you know, plans every little detail out, and you know, I see paralysis by analysis. So you've got these two things, right? So you you either turn in the person who, you know, dives in and and just goes after it. And those people, and kind of like Sal was saying, you kind of either have it or you don't. Just because someone dives into it right on doesn't mean you got what it takes to 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 be that person. Mm-hmm. I think those people you have to be okay with with failing. You have to accept and you're gonna fail more if you're that person, and right? You have to be okay with chaos. Yeah, you have to be okay with that. You have to yeah. you have to be able to accept that your your brilliant idea or your brilliant plan could mold and shape and change different ten different ways because because of your approach, because you decided you're just gonna dive right in. You can't be so headstrong on this yeah, is how be a lot more flexible. You have to be way more flexible that way versus the other person who is like over planning and they have yeah. thought every little detail of this business and to down to the color of their logo and how important that is. And they've done all kinds of analysis on everything. And they're <laughs> like, this is the pathway I need to go. And and I've seen both be extremely successful. So there's there is a way to to win in both camps personally. I think having a little bit of both is awesome. I strive to be that person. I definitely uh, probably am more like Sal, uh, where I am a, definitely a hip shooter. But there, there is a part of me that I, I, I like to, I try and see, um, you know, four or five steps ahead of where, where we currently are. But, you know, fuck, man. For me, I, I think dive, diving in. I'd rather dive in and learn. Because how many times have you guys dove into a business and, you know, even though that business, you know, didn't work out, it led you to something else mm-hmm. every and, time. And if, yeah. yeah. And if you didn't dive into it to that failing, you soon to be failing. And if you were one of those people who are like studied it to death and realized like after six months of, you know, planning it, you realize like, oh, this isn't a good idea. I'm not going to do it or change your mind. Yeah. You may never have got that opportunity to have, you know, found a new business or a new direction because you were trial, trial and error, you know, so. You know, well, I, the, here's the other part too. Is like if you if you're not the kind of person. Look, if we were, if the three of us, including Doug, and I say Doug is a preparer, but he's really compared to the average person, he's a jump in person too. He's just a preparer compared yeah. to us. Okay. Well, I mean, Doug and I'm kind of somewhere in between both of you guys and Doug. You know, like I have this sort of weird. <laughs> I mean, it, it would look a lot like uh yin yang sort of like i have like two two polar driving forces like so one of them too like right now i have another company i'm I'm trying to work out this this invention i've had this idea forever i just decided you know but the 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 hip shooter in me is like boom let's let's fucking do this it's a great idea i'm gonna do this and now it's like you know am i gonna launch it right away no way in hell i'm doing all my research you know i'm very meticulous with the very last detail of it uh you know it's like once i'm in i'm like i think i'm more (laughs) i'm more like doug once i'm in but uh you know initially i'm like yeah then i'm like oh my god what i get myself into just like mind pump well what i was just just gonna say is uh if if we weren't the kind of guys that just jumped in if we weren't those kind of hip shooters mind pump probably wouldn't exist yeah none of us in this room knew a goddamn thing about podcasting nothing we knew very little doug had equipment he had some equipment he he liked to do you know video and 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 photo and stuff 
but none of us had ever done a podcast. None of us had ever done any of this stuff. None of us ever talked on radio. We'd never. So if we weren't the guys that kind of jumped in uh, and did things and we sat down and we said, okay, guys, let's, let's think about this. Let's look at a podcast. What are the logistics? Wow. We need to get this many downloads. How are we going to get traction? We don't know anybody. What do, we are a we, grain of salt. We would have not done it. Yeah. We would have said, "That's you know what? I don't know if we can do this, guys. This is not going to work. The odds are too big. The odds are against us. Let's let's go open up a gym or do something a little more standard." So I think I think there's some benefit into having the attitude of the jump in because the people that jump in, they got the crazy ideas. They're the ones that do shit that you know. Look at you know. You know, well, look, they, they have. I mean, we talked about the TED Talk that the number one, you know, that they did one of these TED Talks yeah. we watched was excellent. Talked about the five, five top reasons why a business is successful, and the number one was timing. So, if you got an idea, you have a business thing that you want to do. Most businesses, or not most, in this in this case, this you know the studies that they did were you know the number one reason they were successful was the timing it was not because it was the most organized or had the pretty logo or they put a lot of money into advertising and marketing. Which I'm sure they all got way better as they're going. But Absolutely. The point is they started. Yep, exactly. And and a lot of times, if you got an idea, you have something you want to do. Every day that goes by that you're not doing it. I mean, you're just, you're hurting your business. That's the way I look at it. I look yeah. at it like once I've committed in my mind, it's something that I want to do every day that I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm losing money and I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, losing opportunity. Right? I, I, I swear there's times where I wish I wasn't that kind of person because it causes me a shit ton of stress. Like if I'm going to write something, uh, I need to be inspired. And then I, and in 10 minutes, I'll pump out three pages. If I'm going to come up with an idea, I can't force it. It just needs to happen. Um, when I opened my gym, when I first opened my gym, I left 24 fitness I went into banking because I was like, "What am I gonna do? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, you know, learn how to do investments." I literally went to lunch, went next door while I was waiting for my food. Oh, there's a gym in here. Talk to the to person owned the facility. She said, "I'm looking for trainers to to rent this out." Quit my job at the bank and started my personal training business. Then when I wanted a new spot, I was looking around, couldn't find one. Saw one the land, landlord said, uh, "You know, I need this uh, done, but someone might sign the lease tomorrow, whatever." Boom, took it that day. I mean. It, it's extremely stressful. It makes me, uh, it, I, sometimes I wish I wasn't this way, but I can't change it. So I think if you're one of those people that jumps in, you're just one of those people that jumps in. I don't think yeah. it's a strategy. You know what I mean? I think it's a strategy you could train someone and teach someone to do. Yeah. You just, you, you kind of just are that kind of person. Well, I think Go I, with your instinct. Personally, in my experience, uh, I dealt with more of the opposite. And I would always rather have, so I'd always rather, you know, manage a personality like yours. I'd rather have somebody that I got to corral back or, or help direct and say, yeah, that's a great idea, Sal, but, you know, let's let's aim this way or <laughs> or like, hey, bro, <laughs> if I had a dollar, like, like we have never heard that. Yeah, right. So, you know, I, I would I would much rather have that with somebody than somebody who I'm trying to like jumpstart and like who's sitting there and looking at all the things that could go wrong, like. To, I, I, I'm such a firm believer too in like you're having a positive mentality and, and thought process. And if you're already saying to yourself that, oh, uh, like I remember some people would be like, oh, well, you know, oh, you know, only like 15% of podcasts actually make any money doing this, or oh, you only, you know, personal training, there's only a 20% chance. You make. People give you all these bad numbers, and it's just like you, you start taking all this stuff yeah. and you start like They're closing themselves out of it. Yeah. You know, like, and that's like podcasting. Like, you know, we had no idea how to fucking do it. And we could have listened to all these podcasters. And we did. We read our books on stuff. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, yeah, after I, we started, I, I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believe that we're going to do something different, you know, and I don't I don't I'm sure there's 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 businesses that are like us out there that we can. There's certain things that we can take or we can learn from maybe their mistakes or some of the things that, that they did successfully. But I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm not trying to build a business. I want to build my business and our business. And like I want it to be our baby. And I I'm confident in that. And I believe that we'll figure it out. It may not be exactly the way I dreamt it up, you know, two, three years ago. But most certainly if I keep pursuing and pushing that pushing in that direction, that you know, and working hard at it, like it will unfold and I will make it happen. And I believe that these guys are the same way too. Let me ask you guys a question. Are you guys, when you open up something like a box, right? Are you the type of guy that's going to like read through the instructions right away? No, I, no, never read. No, that to, says everything. Yeah, yeah. I to, Unless I have to, to put something together and then I do because right? I can't, like, I can't if, put like, shit You can't together. look at it and figure it out. I might, you know, check it out, but I'm going to figure that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, man, my entire life is that way. And it's yeah. extremely, uh, it's extremely stressful. When I look back, I get more stressed out. When I look back, I think to myself like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like mm -hmm. what made you think you could do that shit? I was 21 years old. I took 
a hundred grand, my money. This is money I earned on my own, busting my ass, and I went and bought some fucking gym down in Palm, you know, you know, ownership of some gym down in, you know, Southern California. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I had managed gyms, but I had no idea. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, dude, you could have lost all <laughs> that. Like, what were you thinking? Ugh. But I wasn't. That's just it. It wasn't. I wasn't really thinking. I was more following. Well, but I agree with what you're talking about with like focusing on the positives versus the negatives because you know if. It, if you're in a situation like that and you're so driven and focused on the positive of it, like you almost like, I mean, every day you're almost manifesting that, that, that promise to yourself. Well, there's a quote, I think, I don't remember what the quote was, but Schwarzenegger, who's just, uh, he's one of my idols and not because of bodybuilding. It's just because of his, you know, uh, what he's done, uh, throughout his life and the things he's accomplished. And someone had asked him and said something like, uh, you can't do that. No one's ever done that before. And his response was always like, I would get excited because yeah, I realized awesome. I could be the first. Yes, yeah. you know, and exactly. And Instead if, of being scared, I get excited. Yeah. You get excited because wow, no Absolutely. one's ever done that. Wow, I get to be the first one, yeah. and that is a very. It sounds great. Everybody listening to that's like, oh, that sounds cool. But when I hear something like that, I get this uh, inner. I can't explain it. This boner. inner excitement. Yeah, I get. A, I get a boner in inner my heart. Boner. Yeah, yeah, my heart gets heart an erection. Yeah. And well, um, how about this too? Like, I mean. <sighs> Yeah, every business that I've started, I do this to myself, right? So I have, I always, you know, the way I manage my money, I always have this, you know, nest egg and then I have money that it's, I would consider investing and like, you know, then you have your, your hookers and drugs. Yeah, money. right. Yeah, everything's all, yes. everything's all section over there. So I'm separate. I, uh, as chaotic as I am with uh, the way I uh, approach going into a business, I'm, I'm, you know, when it comes to my money and my numbers, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, precise and I like that stuff. I'm, and I'm very detailed about it. Um, and I set myself, uh, I set goals for myself and I hold myself accountable and never fails. Every time I get into a new business where I really push all the chips oh, I in, know what you're gonna say. like the, the best, the best of me comes out when I'm like backed into the corner. Yeah. When my, I'm looking at my account, I'm Dude, like, I, I put myself Holy. in the corner sometimes. On will, that's how, and yeah. I feel I do the same thing too, because you know, if you're not somebody and that's, I, I guess that's a, goes into this, right? Like as far as jumping into stuff, like if you don't thrive off of the adversity like that, if you don't, you don't see your, cause I think that it's just a natural thing that happens to me when I get put in a corner like that, the best of me comes out. And if I don't, if I'm not in a corner, then I kind of, I'm more laxy daisy about it. I let my, my talent kind of cruise me through life. And I don't like that part of me. I wish I could change that, but it's, it's yeah. true. And I know that when I push myself back myself into a corner and I have to, I have to succeed. Motherfucker. I will find a way. Like I will well, find you're a way. seeking obstacles. You're not trying to look for that complacent sort of pathway, like, which I feel is interesting that, you know, this somehow like, you know, the American mindset has been like, you know, let's find this nine to five job and then get some kind of like benefits and retirement package. And you know, this and that, everything was like trying to be as cookie cutter as possible with least resistance, uh, where nobody's challenged. Well, guess what that leads to? Depression. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you never, you well, never see, we get gotta, to. We got to be careful. We got to be careful when we say that though, because a lot of people. That's good advice. <laughs> it I, is. I'm just saying, I like know. in general. I know. Like I can't. I'm not prescribing this to anybody listening. I'm just telling you that, like, that's my experience. Well, you're talking to the entrepreneur mind, so yeah. I, I understand that. You know, you don't. We don't want to insult somebody who has a great nine to five job and they make they make good income. They're happy with what they're doing by all means, and that's everyone. Not definitely entrepreneur entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And these are some of the ways that you decide if you're that person who jumps right into a business or you need to be a planner. You know, if you're not an entrepreneur by heart and you don't know if you're an entrepreneur by heart, yeah, you probably should do some planning before you hop in. Like I, I knew I was at 15, at 15 years old. My very first job of actually taking a check from somebody out of their hand was me work, working, mowing lawns and me building a little business where we made flyers and business cards and going door to door. And like already I had that mentality as a kid when I could have went and had, you know, your, your summer, you know, job lease with or whatever, where the school gives you release and you could go and work some fast food restaurant or I could have done that. That's what all my friends did, but I didn't do that. I mean, a buddy would decide to start a business, you know, like that was already ingrained in me at a very young age. It's funny too because I can identify it so so quickly. Like, oh yeah, but the person? advice. Oh yeah, but the oh, advice sure. and the advice I always give people when people ask me is I'm very conservative with my advice because because yeah, most aren't. I'm I'm just afraid. It's I don't want to give someone. I don't want to give someone the impression that this is what you got to do because I don't know how the fuck right. I do it half the time. And half <laughs> yeah. the time when I say I'm stressed, I stress myself out. Like I'm telling you, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm I'm. 
I'm not giving you the full like expression of it. Like it stresses me the fuck out. I lose sleep over it, and it's just the way I am. There's nothing I could do about it. But there's a trainer that started at the gym that I'm working at, and she asked me, you know, what should I? She was personal training at a, at a gym, so she had a regular job, getting her hourly. She had clients, she had healthcare, but she wanted to move over and to be a private contractor and build her business. And you guys know as well as I do, it's very hard to build your contracting business while you're working for another gym. You're just not fully invested. Yeah. And so she's like, should I leave that other place? And my advice is very conservative. I'm like, well, try building it and see what happens. Anyway, she's a hustler, man. And she decided, she's like, no, I'm going to leave that gym and I'm going to try it full time. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm like setting the stage for her. You're going to have to bust your ass. You're not going to sleep much. You're going to be here all the time. Like you got to be willing to do all this stuff. And she did it, you know, within a month, she was full time, which is, that's not, that's not the, uh, the average, you know, person. Um, but like I said, if you're, if you're the kind of person that jumps in, you're just that kind of person that jumps in mm-hmm. and maybe partner with someone who plans yeah. because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I swear yeah. to God, if it wasn't for, uh, for Doug or for Justin, um, I, I mean, we, half the shit wouldn't be on paper. We wouldn't have programs that are organized, you know, no, it would no. just be my, you know, we'd be our ideas are floating in the air and yeah, it wouldn't be anywhere. Sal and I would have to handwrite and mail you to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, oh, you want maps, right? Yeah, we'll get on that. We'll go ahead and mail that to you. Should get to you. Yeah, I translate it. <laughs> Doug puts it into print. That's <laughs> this it. is really how this works. Everybody. Pretty much. Well, if you want to check out our programs, go to mindpumpmedia.com. We also have testimonials on there and leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. If you leave us a good review, you might win a free t-shirt. You can also check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam and Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, And you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.